Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the Video Game Lounge podcast. I'm your host, John. This is The Last of Us Episode 4 Reaction. Welcome into the lounge. Happy to have you here. Thank you guys so much for joining me. We're going to dig into Episode 4. We're going to start this episode off with a ginormous spoiler warning. If you have not watched Episode 4 of The Last of Us, go do that. And come hang out with us here in the lounge, and uh, let's let's discuss, okay? So, with that out of the way, let's get into it. Alright, so episode 4, runtime of about 51 minutes. This was what I was wanting. We got to see a lot of things that were kind of leading up to this point with Joel and Ellie and kind of where they get to on their journey. I'm just going to say right off the bat, um, this was a really good episode. It had some huge shoes to fill to kind of, you know, piggybacking off of last week's episode. But um, man, this was really good. So let's let's do our breakdown here, shall we? Good, bad, and ugly. I have to say, this opening sequence here with Ellie and the gun, um, just in the bathroom, it was it was really good. Uh, it, it was almost comedic in a way to me because she seemed very very comfortable with holding this gun and playing with it. She is clearly demonstrating that she has at least held one before, loaded one before, and has aimed one before. Um, and we find out later in the episode that she has. Um, so I, I kind of like her just playing around here in the bathroom. Um, it kind of is further humanizing her as a character, which which I totally dig. She goes outside and Joel is siphoning gas uh, out of the cars. I love this because this is a nod to the game. The last thing that Bill says and gives to you is a little hose, uh, like a little gas hose, and says, hey, you'd be amazed at how many cars still got gas in them. And so we actually kind of get to see what that looks like in, you know, the real world, or the world that is The Last of Us. So I thought that was really cool. This is also where we get the introduction to the joke book. The joke book, one of my favorite things in the game, because it's there just to make you laugh, right? It, it provides no value to the actual game or world or really maybe it does provide a little value to the characters but it's meant to kind of just take your mind off of kind of what the circumstances are in Pittsburgh because that's where you're at in the game and and to take your mind off of what's happened previously that Tess is dead and and everything else that's happened to this point in the game so the way that they introduced it into the show, I absolutely love. She actually says a few of the jokes that are actually in the game, which is really fun. Um, so I, you know, already knew the punchlines, which was great. But, you know, Joel's reaction to it is exactly the way that it is in the game. It's just like, hey, what the hell is this? And why are we doing these stupid puns? Right. Um and it's such a huge contrast from what we just saw of Ellie. She was just playing with a gun in this bathroom of this gas station. 
And she still has this little kind of kid-like part to her where she's laughing at these goofy kind of dad jokes. Again, further cementing and humanizing her as a character. I just, I absolutely love this. And then, ladies and gentlemen, oh my gosh, we actually get the truck scene from the game. Almost one for one. It it pretty much is. It is a one for one scene from the game. Um, The actual magazine, too, is the exact same cover from the game. I thought this was just hysterical. I was laughing knowing uh, that this scene was coming. Um, Even with her throwing the magazine uh, out the window and saying, bye-bye, dude. Um, I thought Pedro Pascal, the the actor playing Joel, did a great job just being completely uncomfortable. And Ellie's joke of, hey, why are these pages all stuck together? Like, the, the whole scene was just fantastic. And I love that they added that in to the episode. And after that scene, um, Joel decides, hey, we're, we're going to call it a night. And they, they drive, presumably, I don't know, a mile or so off kind of the main road there. And maybe even further, actually, and kind of find this nice secluded spot where they can go camping. I love this whole sequence. This was great because, you know, in the game we go from, you know, the opening scene with with Tommy and and Joel and Sarah takes place in Texas, you know, and then we're in Boston with Tess and Marlene and everybody, and then we're in Pittsburgh. And then after Pittsburgh, we go all the way across the country to Wyoming so I love that we kind of got them a little bit further out from Boston. Um, they're actually in Kansas City, which which is fine. I don't think the city matters as much as kind of what actually happens in the city. It's the characters you meet and the story beats that happen. So the location is almost irrelevant, really. Um, it's, it's the things that happen within that location that kind of help move along. And um, the reason why it's Kansas City is because, you know, they filmed this show mostly in Canada. And Kansas City ended up being kind of the closest one for one to where they were filming in like Calgary and, and Alberta and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. But anyway, going back to the camping scene, I, I love this whole bit that they're eating like um, Chef Boyardee and uh, they're they're camping outside. Um, Ellie ends up asking Joel this question and or really uh, Ellie asks Joel, like, do you promise this one thing? And she asks him, like, are you sh- can you promise that no one's ever going to find us? And Joel like takes so long to answer that question, knowing that he can't reasonably say yes, because inevitably they're going to run into more raiders, more infected, more just overall bad people, maybe cannibals or something. And Joel's reluctance to actually like promise yes, like speaks volumes here because he knows that he can't really protect Ellie right? He knows that he can't fulfill that promise, but he ends up saying it, which I think further sets up his lie that happens at the end of the game. And we'll get to that when we get to that. (laughs) We'll cross that bridge when it comes. But I I love this whole bit. I I love that the next morning uh, they wake up and Joel's making coffee and, and Ellie's just like, you know, ragging on him about the coffee, the way that it smells. And this is also another nod to the game. Um, Joel doesn't actually get to drink coffee in the first game. He does. 
He does get to drink coffee in part two. I know that's that's a huge spoiler, but whatever. <laughs> um, but there's several references. There's like a few coffee shops and things within the first game and, and a few optional conversations where he talks about coffee. So um, I, I love that they kind of implemented that here. And then we get this really beautiful scene with them in the truck. Um, this is where the relationship's really kind of starting to bloom here. Ellie's with a map trying to plot out their course, right? And she's trying to get Joel to open up a little bit. And she asks, hey, like, what happened with your brother Tommy? And Joel's like, you know, that's a long story. And she goes, <laughs> and I don't know how she would have figured how long this would have taken, but she's like, you know, is it 25 hours long? Because that's about how long this is going to take. And uh, you finally see Joel kind of open up a little bit. And... Joel, I think, is oblivious that he is really starting to get connected to Ellie here. It was it happens in the game, and it's it's surely happening here in the show. Like little by little, Joel is opening up and starting to trust Ellie and starting to really have the the void of Sarah start to be filled. And then uh, we get to Kansas City, and um, I love the man, just the absolute look of this, the sheer like destruction that's happened all of the cars on the highway and and everything here just looks so you know it it looks like the game it feels like the game it feels post you know apocalyptic the they absolutely just nailed the whole look and aesthetic here i i think however they filmed it looks just badass man it looks really really good and then we get the uh kind of the ambush scene that plays out almost exactly one for one for the game, or you, you see the guy in the middle of the road, and Joel's like, oh man, this guy's not even hurt, and attempts to run him over, <laughs> and then they crash the truck um, into the little convenience store, so that was part of my uh, kind of prediction from last week, so that that came true. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, and then they, then they have to leave. Joel is immediately in like protective mode. He, he finds a little hole in the wall for Ellie to go through and he, he's protecting her. He's like, you know, you go here. I'm going to deal with these bad guys. And sure enough, he does. He kills two of them. And then there's a, a third one that he doesn't hear. Now, this is something that is new to Joel as a character. It's not in the game. Joel apparently has trouble hearing out of his right ear, which comes into play at the end of the episode. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but he doesn't hear this third guy, and this guy gets the drop on him. This was one of the things where I was talking about in episode two, where having them in the hotel with uh, Tess and Joel, right, that there were two things in that level that I knew needed to happen, and that was Ellie needs to save Joel's life. You know, there's kind of this shootout that, that happens, and, and this guy gets to drop on Joel in the game. And I love that they did it here, but they did it in such a, a fascinating way here, where Joel doesn't hear this guy, he doesn't see this guy until he bursts in, and this guy's got Joel, like, absolutely dead to rights, and Ellie comes out of her hiding spot and shoots this guy. Um, I could tell right away by how she was aiming her gun that she was aiming too low, you know, presumably I thought she was like shooting him in the ass, but no, she, she apparently got him kind of like in the hip or something. Cause he mentions that he can't feel his legs and, you know, she's absolutely mortified that this guy's still alive and that she's, she's pulled this trigger. And, you know, this guy introduces himself. His name is Brian. He's asking for his mom. 
Like one of the things that The Last of Us does in both the game and this TV show is that they humanize their villains. You know, this guy just seemed like he wasn't this ruthless killer. He's just kind of doing what he needs to to do to kind of survive in this world, right? And you kind of start to feel sorry for him. And Ellie ends up leaving because Joel tells her like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to kill this guy. And he, he stabs him. And you see Ellie like retreat back to her little hole in the wall and she's upset. And I honestly think she's more upset that she couldn't finish the job and that Joel had to. That's just my take on it. That's just my take. I'd love to hear what your guys' take is on it. So we see kind of what happens when Joel beats that guy to death in the first episode, like at the end of the first episode, like she kind of gets triggered. Like she's kind of got some violent tendencies. She's already like played with and stabbed a clicker. You know, she's playing with this gun in the bathroom and everything like, and she's now shot this guy. Like she is, and I keep saying that she is completely opposite of Sarah, but you know, she's realizing that she's more and more like Joel than she wants to lead on to. Um, and then we get this like father daughter kind of bonding moment afterwards where Joel's explaining to her how sorry he is that, you know, she had to pull that trigger and, you know, trying to give her a pep talk and everything that this is different from the game, but I think it's totally fine. I think it, it, this works. It plays out very well. Joel's actually apologetic instead of angry in the game. Joel is very angry. Um, and they kind of don't talk for like 20 minutes in the game. Um, and then some other kind of things happen within the game and the the situation kind of, you know, uh, gets rectified more or less. Um, but I love that they kind of have this moment, this bonding moment where Joel is showing her how to properly hold the gun kind of shows her how to hold the gun and he then smack, tries to smack it out of her hand and, you know, she's holding on to it tightly and there's this, like, childish, playful giggle, this laugh here that she has that, you know, she's, like, this little kid but they're having this bonding moment over how to hold a gun and, like, that's what you have to do 20 years into this fungal outbreak. Like, it is... It's sad and it's sweet. It's harrowing. Like, it's... it's It hits all of these beats. Man, it's, it's so good. Um, then we get this introduction to this character, Kathleen, that is not in the game. And man, I, this, this actress, man, she just has presence. This, this character is phenomenal. This leader of this kind of militia group that overthrew the, the Fedra soldiers in this quarantine zone. Um, and again, like humanizing these villains, she's got this, this gentleman in this cell at gunpoint who was her own doctor, delivered her. And we don't know the full story yet, but her brother apparently died, and a character we know from the game, Henry, is mentioned, and somehow Henry had something to do with it. Now, this is a, a huge change from who Henry is in the game, because Henry had no participation in this militia group in, in the game, uh, ne neither did his brother Sam. But I love that Henry kind of has a purpose in this, like, you hear Henry's name mentioned and immediately you're like, man, what the hell did Henry do? And this this chick is like pissed off at Henry. Um, and we get an introduction to another guy named Perry, who's kind of this military guy. This basically like looks like Jesus with an M4. <laughs> um, but fun fact, what's really cool is that character Perry is the original voice actor of Tommy 
Uncle Tommy from the video game. So I love that they cast that guy again and gave him a new role. So these guys are on a search for Henry and Sam. They they find kind of their hiding spot. And then, you know, this guy Perry is like, hey, I need to show you something. And I don't know what the hell is happening in this basement room, but the the pavement is all cracked up and it's moving. It's bellowing. There's sounds coming out of it. Clearly there is infected under there, but the the camera point of view really kind of plays a little bit of a trick because I wonder if there's some other door or access to that room because I want to know how these infected are under there and how they're how the hell are they breaking the floor? Clearly, I think this is where we're going to see our first bloater, which I'm just fucking excited for. Like, let's go, because that's going to be awesome. The bloaters are the really, really big and annoying enemies from the game. Yeah, I I absolutely love this. I love this kind of character interaction where Perry is like, hey, we need to tell the others about this. And, you know, Kathleen's like, no, we're just going to quarantine this off. We have bigger fish to fry. We need to find Henry and Sam. And, you know, they kind of have like this Bill and Frank relationship almost from the last episode where Perry is kind of like in Frank's shoes and Kathleen is more kind of in Bill's shoes. Like They kind of have that dynamic, which I think is really good. After this, we see Joel and Ellie on the run. And then, you know, we see Joel and Ellie further, again, doing more things to kind of trust one another. You, we, we, get, we didn't get like a pallet scene where... You know, there's some sort of water involved, but we got Joel lifting Ellie up into a small window and she's got to, you know, crawl around and open a locked door, which is straight up a mechanic from the game, <laughs> which which I love seeing these little nods to the game. Uh, they, they find their way up this uh, the staircase into this kind of hotel or some sort of like um, skyscraper building or something. I think it was like 33 flights of steps or something. And and they kind of find a place to, to hang their head for the night. And um, Ellie finally gets a, another joke out. And it makes Joel laugh. His defenses are finally kind of down. And they, they have this nice, sweet bonding moment. They get woken up in the middle of the night. And I love the attention to detail here. Because Joel is... He had started laying on his right side with his left ear up, kind of facing away from Ellie. And he's when he's woken up by Ellie screaming his name, he's turned the other way. So his right ear is facing up, which is the ear aforementioned that he's apparently having trouble hearing out of. And he's got this little boy with a gun pointed at his face and then boom and credits, <laughs> which I love the cliffhanger. So my, my prediction, one of my other predictions was that we'd get Henry and Sam by the end of this episode, which we did. So th- these characters are Henry and Sam, and we're going to definitely explore more of what their characters are in next week's episode. And my God, just get your tissues ready. That's all I'm going to say. If we end up getting the end of their story, whoo, Man, is it, it, it is intense. That's all I'm going to say. And, and that's the end of the episode, man. So this was, this was all good, in my opinion. There wasn't any bad here. Wasn't really any ugly uh, that I can think of. Um, yeah, I, I get, this was a solid episode. There's something about Henry and Sam's characters that they changed from the game that was shown in the previews. And I, I so 
desperately want to talk about it because I think it's great and I think it's a welcome addition and something that I'm really, really looking forward to, but I'm not going to spoil it because I don't know how many people have actually seen this. Um, it was on social media for a little bit, but rewatch the preview from the end of the episode and you might catch what it is, but we're definitely going to talk about it next week. They changed something and I really love it. So yeah, man, this was a great episode. I guess we'll get into ranking here. Um, man, I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give it a 9.5. I really think this was great. Um, I love kind of the, the ending there with Henry and Sam and that there's no line spoken yet with them. Um, so I love kind of that cliffhanger. I, I think that's, that's pretty ballsy. It's really, really cool. Um, so yeah, 9.5 for me. I'm really looking forward to next week, guys. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. So we'll get into predictions for next week. We're definitely getting Henry and Sam. There is also, it looked like a little nod in the preview where we're going to get part of the sewer section where they're in the game. Um, you come across kind of uh, these sewers and there was a whole community of people living here. And of course, they're not there by the time every one of our heroes gets there. Um, but you see the remnants of it and they had, you know, so many things set up. There was multiple bunk beds and a, and a, a system to collect rainwater to do laundry. They had like um, kind of a nursery area. They had a kitchen area. Um, they they had a whole system planned out. And there was also like chalkboards and, and things where they were teaching kids school, you know, how to read and write and all of these things. Like this was a whole community of people. There was a like a lunch room where they had multiple grills and refrigerators and things. Like it was a community in these sewers. And it looks like we're gonna get part of that, which is great because some cool stuff happens there. And we're we're clearly going to get some sort of fight between infected, this militia group run by Kathleen and Perry and then Joel and Ellie and Henry and Sam. Um, and, and if that happens, man, I'm, I'm totally on board. Because in the first game, one of the things that I think you can, you can knock on it for is you don't get a whole lot of human versus infected um, interactions. You, you get that in the second game. But you're not able to pit the infected against the humans in, in part one. You're able to do that in part two. And it looks like they're kind of building up to something here where... We're going to be battling some infected. I think we're going to get our first bloater. So that's another prediction. And um, yeah, I, I think this might be our deadliest episode yet. I think the body count on this next episode is going to be pretty high. <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty high. So that's my thoughts, man. You guys know where to find us. VGL underscore podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Our Discord link will be in the show description. Come hang out with us. Join us in our little community talking about video games and, and kind of really whatever you want to. Appreciate you guys joining me here in the lounge, as always. And I'll see you guys next Tuesday.